Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today on the show, you don't need prescience to know that there are great things on the horizon. Welcome to Gom Jabbar, your guide to the iconic world of Dune. We'll be exploring the themes, philosophies, and characters found in the sandy depths of this vast universe, from Frank Herbert's groundbreaking novels to the adaptations on film and TV. My name's Abu. My name's Leo. And Leo. Yep. Film and TV. What? We're talking about one of those today. What? (laughs) (laughs) Specifically film. Because yeah. we finally got the official Dune movie trailer. And I, I think our enthusiasm <laughs> speaks for itself here. Oh, my God. It's, it was everything we could have dreamed. so good. And, <laughs> of course, you know, my timeline is filling with people having this conversation. But I'm excited to jump in and have our little Gamjabar take on it. We're going to be talking about today all of the little details hidden in this trailer, right? what happens in the trailer, but from the perspective of someone who knows and loves the first book for every little page and paragraph. Oh, it's so wonderful. (laughs) Ah, amazing. Okay, before we get too excited and get ahead of ourselves. Okay, yes. A little bit Mm -hmm. of housekeeping. Yeah. Today's trailer breakdown episode will be full of spoilers. Inevitably, we are too excited to talk about the tiny little details yeah, And so if you have not read that first book, you have been warned. We will be talking about all the tiny details from the first book that we picked up on in this trailer. But just the first book. We're not going to talk about anything past that. So absolutely, if you've read the first book, you're good. And we inevitably missed stuff because there's a lot. There's a lot of little quick shots. Oh, my gosh. I was finding yeah. things to the last second. So... As always, if we missed something, or if you have thoughts about our, our interpretations, our opinions, hit us up. Send us an email. Gomjabarpodcast at gmail.com. It's the same email address every time, people. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and it always has been. <laughs> we'll continue to be. No plans to change it yet. <laughs> okay. That's the housekeeping out of the way. Yeah. Let's talk about this freaking trailer. Yeah. You, Leo actually got to see the trailer a full like 12 hours before I did because you went to that special IMAX showing. I did in IMAX. So not only did I see the trailer, it was like, well, nearly a sandworm long. (laughs) Frankly, it was (laughs) huge. And genuinely, I really think it made a difference for me because I watched the trailer again. And while I still got the same kind of chills and shivers, There really is something about the scale of this movie, which 
It's just incredible. And I'm glad, Abu, that you didn't have to wait longer than like the 12 hours because, oh. Me too. Me too, buddy. It's so good. (laughs) I barely slept. I almost cried twice (laughs) watching this trailer. Oh my gosh. There's a particular line. We're going to talk about it later. We'll talk about it. Crushed me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll talk about it. So, it begins. The trailer fades in with shots of Arrakis' deserts. Some narration from Zendaya as her character, the Fremen, Shani, setting the stage for the film. Now, as a quick side note, this narration and actually some of this footage is from the first few minutes of the movie. So this Mm -hmm. is kind of how the movie starts as well. And some of these early shots of, by the way, Chani, in the open desert without your still suit and nose, what are you doing? (laughs) You're losing so much moisture, Chani. But actually, these are some of Paul's earliest prescient visions. All of this, by the way, underscored by Hans Zimmer. I love the fact that the movie opens with Chani narrating for us. Yes. You and I actually sort of geeked out about this when you called me after you <laughs> stepped outside of the IMAX theater right. right after that event and told me all about it. Yeah. We talked about how cool it is that this movie is kicking off from the Fremen perspective. Yes. A perspective that we've talked about on this podcast not getting enough love. Right. And here. In the opening shots of this movie, not only is the first voice we hear a Fremen voice, a female voice, but it's about Arrakis, talking about the beauty of Arrakis and how much Chani loves her planet and the deserts and the spice in the air. And we see shots of all of these things as she's speaking about them. My planet Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Rolling over the sands, you can see spice in the air. Now, a musical shift brings us to this broiling spice harvester, kind of towering behemoth of a machine, belonging to House Harkonnen. Workers and onlookers are kind of dwarfed by this, this billowing cloud of dust being spit up into the air. And Johnny tells us of the outsiders. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. I love in these shots, we actually get a close-up of some of these Harkonnen workers. And they have these protective still suits, right? This is still the Arrakis Desert, where you will fucking die if you don't have the right equipment. (laughs) But you'll notice that their still suits are these, like, blocky, very immobile, just stout-looking things. They look... 1940s compared to the sleek, sexy, beautiful still suits that we see later on the Fremen characters. Crude. Crude in many ways. Yeah, 100%. I love these kind of differentiations between the technology of the different houses, which is being made very clear very early on. For sure. Now, the trailer continues, and from one of these harvesters, potentially the same one that we just saw, we see rockets. branching out and shooting down onto what we assume are some Fremen warriors, killing them. And Chani's voiceover continues here talking about the oppression that the Fremen are facing at the hands of the Arakonan. Their cruelty to my people 
He's all alive now. Now, because we have to geek out about this, <laughs> right. slight canonical lore change here, because as far as we know in the lore, Spice Harvester Factories didn't possess any sort of significant military features. Right, there were right, no right, rockets right. or guns attached to these harvest factories. But considering House Harkonnen are the ones operating this spice harvester, you could imagine that such a brutal and quote-unquote evil house would make some modifications to your average factory and maybe add some deadly weaponry to it. So again, is it a change? Yes. Does the change totally make sense in the world? Absolutely. Yeah. The trailer continues. And we get a close-up of some Harkonnen forces, and Chani talks again of their cruelty and oppression right. against her people. And while she's speaking of cruelty and oppression, we get a very <laughs> poignant shot of our boy, yeah. Glassau Beast Raban. Can I give our boy up for adoption? I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not our boy in the sense like we agree with him and stuff. Yeah, no. Like our boy in like the jokey sense. Anyway, <laughs> Beast Raban shows up, right. played by the incredible Dave Bautista. Yeah. We get this shot of his iconic whip coiled at his waist, and then it pans up, and we see Dave Bautista as Beast Raban. Again, could be the whip that left the iconic Inkvine scar on Gurney Halleck's face. Totally details possible. I'm really hoping they do lean into some of these scenes that we do get with Beast Raban. Like there's that scene after Piter dies and Baron Harkonnen gives him his, you know, instructions to squeeze and get all the money you can out of Arrakis to, right. to pay off those Harkonnen debts. Could be a really wonderful chance to see into the mind of Beast Raban, who is as close to a shallow character as we get in Dune. Frankly, he's kind yeah. of he's just brutality and manifest in a lot of ways. I would love to see a little bit more depth to his character. And I think that this is setting that up by, you know, giving him a good actor who could do that justice. Completely agree. OK, the trailer continues. And the next shot features some prisoners who are kneeling and bound as our boy, but not actually our boy, Raban, <laughs> yeah. walks up behind them. Mm hmm. And it's a little blurry. We're kind of looking at it through some flames or something. But we see Beast Raban behead one of these kneeling prisoners. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. All right. The trailer then jumps into rapid fire mode here. And we get a couple of very, very quick shots. We get a shot of a burning pile of bodies. We see someone grabbing a knife, maybe a Chris knife. Then we see a shot of Chani looking back as her Fremen allies are retreating behind her, followed by a shot off-world showing some ships either leaving or approaching a planet. And then this sequence ends with a couple of Chani shots as she says, what's to become of our world, followed by her whispering, Paul. What's to become of our world? Paul. Ba, 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 ba. Paul Atreides, played by the sweet, sweet Timothy Chalamet. Oh, looks yes. great. Was asleep, is now awake. He. The sleeper has woken. The sleeper folks. has 
Woken. <laughs> so good. Anyway, presumably from a prescient dream, because, you know, a lot right. of these Chani visions are his sort of early prescient dreams. Now, we've seen this shot or a very similar shot, maybe a, an adjacent shot, in earlier trailers. And we pointed out this kind of beautiful carved headboard behind him. You know, these fish yes. and these water motifs. We don't know for sure, but this headboard does match the written description of his room in the Arakeen Palace, the kind of small side room near where Yui and Jessica have one of those super tense conversations. And <laughs> basically where, from behind the carved wooden facade, the hunter seeker comes out. So right. as much as it's tempting to think of this as very early on in the movie, this is possibly actually on Arrakis in the room where he's going to face off with the hunter seeker. We also see this same room a little bit later in the trailer. Right. So after a couple of studio logos, yada, yada, whoever made this movie, <laughs> we then get to Kaladin. Oh, looks great. And we see a super wide shot of this thin ship carving its way over the waters of the house Atreides homeworld into a hangar bay where we see None other than Duncan motherfucking Idaho, <laughs> played by the incredible Jason Momoa. So good. In pilot's gear as he greets Paul Atreides with a hug. One of my favorite scenes in this trailer. A boy. <laughs> Duncan, can I trust you with something? Yes, always. You know that. Can I just say, Duncan Idaho is one of Paul's closest friends and teachers. Right. And they share, like, two scenes in Dune. <laughs> right. You read the book, and you're like, Duncan who? Ida what? No. He's one of Paul's closest friends. So the fact that they're giving Duncan some screen time, some, like, jokes, some jibes, some little, and we'll get to the fucking funniest line in a minute, but oh my gosh, yes. The fact that we see a little bit of their banter, if this was just a bare-knuckle, do-our-best adaptation of what's on the pages of Dune, they wouldn't have this presence of Duncan Idaho. The fact that Duncan Idaho is getting more screen time and more of these scenes with Paul that don't exist in the book means that the director and the script writers and everybody's on board understanding these characters and writing scenes that make sense considering their background. Yes. Oh, I'm so hyped. And M Momoa's perfect for this role. Through He's and perfect through. <laughs> for this role. Uh, yes, that's so true. What a great point, Leo. The fact that they understand Duncan's character and his role in Paul's life so well to add it in this scene that doesn't exist that makes perfect sense. So much sense. And gets us so incredibly hyped for the movie. Like, yes, the movie is in good hands. And this gives us confidence. Yes. That the folks behind this movie know exactly what they're doing and understand Dune on a deep, deep level. Amazing stuff here. 100%. Now, also one of the funniest scenes in this trailer, because Paul kind of pulls Duncan aside and he's like, hey, can I tell you about something? I've been having these visions of a girl. They happen when I dream. Right. Duncan, can I trust you with something? Yes, always. You know that. I've been having dreams about a girl on Arrakis. I don't know what it means. Dreams make good stories. But everything important happens when we're awake. 
not very <laughs> prescient of him. Can't blame him exactly, but yikes. Way to shut that down, buddy. Yeah. Duncan, he's the main character. His dreams matter. <laughs> <laughs> main character dreams are the most important dreams. It's incredible. Absolutely. Now, this little exchange leads to a hilarious <laughs> line in this trailer. Yeah. But everything important happens when we're awake. Hey, you. Put on some muscle? I did? No. <laughs> so, in addition to being hilarious, <laughs> this is the best. This is also a great way of bringing up the fact that Paul is, canonically, quote, small for his size. We are establishing that Paul is not this, like, bulky stud to be. He's lithe. He's small for his size. And the fact that, I really wanted to highlight this, this adjustment, this change to the script, this change to the book is one of my favorite parts of the trailer and feels the most authentic to the characters and the scenes, gives me so much reason to be excited for this movie because yeah. it would be so easy for the changes to the script to be weak points, right? Yes. And in many adaptations, they are. Right. The changes are usually the weakest <laughs> points of many adaptations. You go, why did I fucking hate that scene? And they go, because <laughs> right. it wasn't in the book. And you go, oh. <laughs> oh. Exactly. But the fact that this scene doesn't exist and we have been spending the last couple of minutes gushing about it <laughs> right. points to the fact that you you used authenticity, and I love that word, points to the fact that, again, we've already said this, but the people behind this film understand this universe and they know how to make it authentic, even when they need to add other scenes, as you inevitably do when you adapt something to a different medium. Such a great point. Yeah. I also want to say, Last thing we'll say about this scene, we keep gushing about it. I just want to say, it's good to get some levity in Dune. Yeah. It's good to get something to laugh at, because Dune is a very heavy and dark book for the most part. <sighs> no kidding. There are very few moments in the book that are funny, and I would say there are no moments in the book that are legitimately laugh-out-loud funny. Right. I agree. In all 800 pages. I mean. Name one scene that yeah. made you laugh out loud. None of them. But I burst out laughing watching this trailer at this interaction. I'm <laughs> glad we get a little bit of levity in this film. And it carries over to this next scene, too. Indeed, yeah. So under the next few shots, we hear Duke Leto Atreides, a.k.a. Oscar Isaac, a.k.a. A.k.a. Daddy Isaac. Daddy Isaac. Uh, <laughs> does he have kids? I don't know. I'll be his kid if he wants. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. So he is, throughout this scene, accepting the transfer of fiefdom over Arrakis from Harkonnen to Atreides and declaring House Atreides' philosophy of honor, <laughs> duty, and kind of living to their code of ethics. We are House Atreides. There is no call. We do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. Now, in this scene, we get a few close-ups of our boy Leto uh -huh. and Jessica, played by Rebecca Ferguson, before then cutting to a few seconds of the iconic Gurney and Paul practice duel scene that we already saw back in the teaser trailer. So cool. Looks great. Those Holtzman body shields look incredible. And it's very clear in this trailer that blue 
indicates the shield has blocked something. Red indicates that the shield has been pierced. Yes. Very cool way to visualize that. Better than the 1984 film, objectively. <laughs> the PlayStation 2s, <laughs> the distant compass. Again, it looked great. It was the 80s. I mean, we got to give it yeah, some slack. For its time, it was great. Right. <laughs> for its Wow, you sounded so not impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For its time, that's great. Now, as the Emperor's envoy approaches the Atreidean party, we see Leto Gurney, uh, played by Josh Brolin, and Thufir, played by Stephen McKenley Henderson, I think. I only wrote here his first and last name, and I realize everyone always calls him by all three names. But Mr. Henderson, who is <laughs> a wonderful actor, and I'm really excited to see his take on, on Thufir more than we've seen already. Yeah. Now, this also leads us into another surprisingly funny line. Oh my gosh. Which just sets up perfectly this sort of cute Leto Gurney rapport, right? The familiarity, the charm, the banter. Smile, Gurney. I am smiling. <laughs> so so <good>. funny. <laughs> so good. Now, we get a shot of some cargo bay doors opening up, letting our main characters take their first steps out onto the sands of Arrakis. We even get a shot of a footstep stepping out onto the sands. Now, next we get some shots of Paul and Shani, and Paul says the words, I know you, which incredibly weird thing to say to the person you've been dreaming about for years, but <laughs> yeah. he says it. He's really leading with the whole, I've been dreaming of you for years thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. Not like- Gotta give him credit. Hi. He's not burying the lead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hi, I've been dreaming of you for years. <laughs> nice to meet you, Paul. <laughs> So Paul's awkward first date introduction here jumps us into another flurry of some very, very quick shots. I know you. There's something awakening in my mind. We see a close-up shot of Paul awash in some spice-rich sand that then cuts to some burning palms, which, from what we know in the books, is most likely Arakeen Palace as it's being attacked. Then we see an explosion of sand as a worm arrives. We don't see the worm, but we do see the sand <laughs> yeah. blowing up. And then a quick cut of the Baron Harkonnen and then an exploding Atreides ship. We get this just incredibly striking shot of Jessica. I mean, this is really one of the shots that sticks in your mind, I think. Yeah. She has this yeah. Fremen writing, this Fremen scripture on her face, wrapped in a shawl in front of a stone with more of the same script. This could be one of two things, in our opinion. Mm -hmm. This could be the Water of Life ceremony, where she kind of accepts the title of Reverend Mother for Siege Tabor. Or it could be a vision of Paul's. Paul could be seeing this far distant future of maybe the form his mother takes, which is a signal to him that they'll be safe with the Fremen, you know, when they're in the still tent waiting for Duncan Idaho. Right. Personally, I would love to see Jessica dressed up this way for the water of life ceremony but she does have the eyes of ibad you know the blue and blue eyes which again we're kind of unclear as to whether or not we're going to get that much time in world this movie to see those transformations other than in paul's visions it's a little up in the air yeah for all we know this entire trailer could be paul visions because our boy paul atreides has already seen this movie 
He's got prescience, folks. Jealous. Come on, Paul. (laughs) Bring your phone next time. No, don't. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Spill some deets. Spill some deets, bro. So after this Jessica shot, we get a couple of quick shots of Chani and Paul doing a quick little Chris Knife handoff. And then we get a shot of, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm so sorry to this actor, Babs Alusan McCoon, who plays Jameis. And we hear him say the words, come with me. You need to face your fears. Come with me. Which I thought was really interesting. Just to pause here and comment on this real quick. In the books, Jameis is (laughs) kind of just like a dickhead. He's kind (laughs) of an asshole the whole time. Right. The whole time. And it's interesting to see him almost... In a positive light here, I mean, saying the words come with me in the tone of voice that he used with the facial expression that we saw in that shot. Yeah. That paints him in more of a sympathetic light than we know him from the books. So it'd be cool to see Jameis have a bit more to do than just be a dick (laughs) and then die. (laughs) We only experience him along with Paul as this brutal asshole who's just mean. And then Paul iconically has to have the whole... I was a friend of Jameis moment where he realizes this is a guy who had friends who had, yes, you know, a family. He meets hurrah, like he meets the kids. It's wild. The duality that Paul is forced to come to terms with, you know, the, the lesson he learns from Jameis, you know, when you kill someone, you pay for it. What a lesson. Oof. Cannot wait to see that scene. Oh my God. And genuinely seeing Jameis in that sympathetic light, would be, I think, again, really, really wonderful and would make Paul killing him all the more, I think, gut-wrenching for our protagonist. Right. So next up, we get some establishing shots of Arakeen. We see some ornithopters right. soaring over the city. Yeah. Very cool. They look great. And we also see Paul in step with some Atreides troops with a super wide shot of the Atreides forces lined up. Right. Again, speaking of scale, so much scale in this movie. Everything is big. Everything is bold. But it all feels real. Like, that's the thing that blows my mind because it's not cartoonish. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one small note I want to call out here before we move on. In this sequence of shots, we see, and we actually saw this in the teaser trailer as well, we see Paul do this knife salute where he raises the knife to his forehead. Right, like fist to his forehead kind of thing. Exactly. Now, I just want to call out this detail because it really reinforces this idea that we have just been hammering over and over again in this conversation, this idea that the filmmakers know what the fuck they're doing in this universe. This salute actually does canonically exist in the Dune novels. This salute is referenced exactly one time in one sentence very early on in the first book and it is in the film denny villeneuve <laughs> you're spoiling us i don't amazing. even amazing i don't even remember that it's it's an atreides salute yes wow that's yeah it's a throwaway one <laughs> sentence very early in the book where paul does the salute And the book describes the salute as exactly what we see on screen, raising the knife and the fist to the forehead. That's so fun. 
Oh, my God. The fact that that one sentence has been picked up and made into a detail in this film, I, I just, again, they know what the fuck they're doing. They respect the source material. Considering we're making what very well could be an hour-long episode about a three-minute trailer, <laughs> I can't wait for our scene-by-scene breakdown of Dune. <laughs> of the entire which will, movie. Which will be 75 <laughs> hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I am ready for that marathon session. Fuck. Yo, same. All right. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Leo. Let's fucking keep going with Let's this go. trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we hear Gurney Halleck declare the monstrosity of the Harkonnens over another series of very poignant and relevant shots. You need to be ready. You've never met Harkonnens before. They're not human, they're brutal. Before we talk about those shots, really quick side note, we need to celebrate the ferocity of Brolin's delivery in this, because although it could seem hyperbolic if you don't know kind of the history that Gurney has with Beast Raban and the Harkonnens, it's so appropriate. <laughs> and yeah, I think having the sort of moments of levity and dryness and sarcasm and playing it down and being pretty stoic, but then also allowing it to become that kind of violent and fanatical. Right. You know, it's totally, totally deserved. And I think a beautiful moment in the trailer that really struck me to my heart because of his history with Beast Raban. Completely. And actually, speaking of things becoming fanatical, oh, we get a shot did. <laughs> of this weird Simba-like forehead painting moment with mm -hmm. Sardaukar soldiers. Now, we're not sure if that's paint or blood or something else like cherry juice or something. <laughs> we don't know what that is exactly what the ceremony here is doing strawberry but it looks jam. scary and brutal <laughs> strawberry jam <laughs> the most intense part is how sticky it gets <laughs> bad for my cholesterol <laughs> following that shot we get a wide <laughs> shot of a bunch of people bound, nearly naked, hanging upside down, being drenched in a downpour. And this could be giddy prime. Like the slave pits or something. Yeah. Like the slave pits or something. Right. But we actually think that more likely this is the House Carino prison planet, Seleucus Secundus. Right. And this is potentially a training scene. With the Sardaukar, considering we saw that Simba forehead jelly moment earlier. <laughs> the strawberry jelly is earned as graduation. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, because it could be it could be prisoners on this prison planet, but it could also be like a SEAL Team 6, you know, endurance training and whoever dies from being cold and wet. <laughs> well, they're one of the whatever crazy. No small jelly for them. No jelly for them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there is so much more left to talk about in this trailer, but Leo and I need a breather. So we're going to take a short break and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, next, we get a few more quick shots of Raban and Gurney giving a speech, Sardaukar troops, and then a wide shot of what, once again, appears to be Seleucus Secundus, but we're not sure what planet it is. Could right. be Getty Prime. We'll find out. We then get one of the most visually interesting shots of the trailer. Yeah. We have Paul standing before this, like, blossoming web of just fiber like they almost look like neurons or yes branches of a tree or something like that is this incredible tower of these fiber like strands with these lights these little trails of illumination kind of traveling along them really strikes me it looks like the neural activity if you ever see one of those brain scans or uh you know a simulation of how the brain works the duke's son sees too much it definitely reads to us, at least, as maybe one of the ways that Denny may show Paul's awareness of prescience. Yeah. Of, you know, these kind of infinitely branching paths of the future. Yeah, I think it's a really cool way. If that is what that ends up being and it's not just some sort of hologram that <laughs> Paul is creepily staring at. Right. That's a very cool way to visualize his powers because, yes, you can show prescience with like flashbacks and flash forwards. Like, that's a very sort of cliche, generic film way to show visions, but to truly show the infinite paths that Paul can see, this is a very cool way to visualize it, if it ends up being that. Right. Watch us be totally, utterly fucking <laughs> wrong, and it's just a hologram of a tree. He's like, uh-huh, plants. <laughs> and then it cuts, <laughs> and we're in the theater like, we got that wrong. <laughs> we were way off. That wasn't... We were way off. I, I'm just going to go. <laughs> All righty. In the next two shots, we see Piter DeVry University, played by David Dastmesh... Butchered <laughs> his name again. Dastmalshian. Sorry, David. Let's go with David Dastmalshian. Sorry, David. David D. <laughs> Piter here is waiting on Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, played by the incredible... Stellan Skarsgård. So good. Who we see lift up onto his suspensors as he rasps in an incredibly creepy voice. This is I do. Kill them all. He's scary. Like he's got some real intimidation power, which I'm into because, again, there are definitely other adaptations, David Lynch, where he was a little bit more, uh, I don't know, fun. Fun and wacky, <laughs> wacky and zany. So the next shots appear to be the beginnings of the assault on Arakin. Uh, Leto, Duke Leto, peers out of the window, wearing the same shirt we actually see later with Shadow Mapes' bloody handprint on it. Right. We also see a number of ships making a hard landing among some burning, billowing cloud cover. We see a shot of Gurney look up into the sky and spot a highliner. And get really, really spooked. 
God in heaven. Get everything with guns off the ground! Go! This attack on Arrakis looks incredible. Definitely going to be a visual treat. Under the next few shots, we hear Paul reflecting on the attack. This is an extermination. They're picking my family off one by one. Let's look at some takeaways from these shots that we're sort of seeing as he's talking about the attack. Right. So first we see the traitor Yui walking among some Harkonnen soldiers. He's looking appropriately stressed. Right. He is likely on his way to his fateful meeting with the Baron Harkonnen to confirm that his wife, Wana, is actually dead. Now, next we get an interesting shot of three, what I think are sort of heavy-duty military ornithopters launching missiles. Right. And we also see Paul presumably flying one of these ornithopters and sort of you know, activating the NOS fuel and going into overdrive or whatever. For family. And this is clearly, for family, (laughs) this is clearly the scene where Paul and Jessica escape into the Coriolis storm. Right. We then get Duncan, motherfucking Idaho's, let's fight like demons line, which is unique to the movie. I checked. I was like, this is iconic already. Did did I miss this? Did I forget Already about iconic. this? Already iconic. It's just in the trailers. Let's fight like demons. And again, to reiterate, this is a fantastic decision. He's one of the best characters in Dune. Giving him more time on screen is a fantastic decision. For sure. And I hope at some point, We also get his lesser well-known, but equally iconic quote, let's fuck like demons. (laughs) (laughs) He often said those uncomfortably close to each other. Like people would go, well, I liked that before you said the other line. And it didn't even matter the order. They were just like, now I'm uncomfortable, Duncan. Thanks. (laughs) They don't call him a sword master for nothing. Am I right? (laughs) Hey. Hey, it's a penis joke. (laughs) we're full of them all right next we see some laser gun blasts tearing into the side of that harkonnen spice harvester that we saw from the top of the trailer right and finally we get duncan just fucking bodying some starter car taking them down in just the most i mean he throws a fucking kinjal at him or like a machete at him (laughs) and then just like knee tackles him to the ground he's like Holtzman don't know him. (laughs) Basically demonstrating his capabilities as, again, Swordmaster of Ginaz, one of the most capable fighters in the universe, full stop. Indeed. Next. Don't worry, folks. We're nearing the end of this trailer. We're getting there. We then hear one of, oh, oh my God. Okay, we're going to spend another 30 minutes on this section alone. (laughs) We hear... One of the most incredible exchanges between Paul and his father, Duke Leto Atreides. Right. Over just some absolutely beautiful footage. Dad, what if I'm not the future of House Atreides? A great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. But if your answer is no, 
You'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son. Ah, so beautiful and so devastating. It's the heart of what makes Duke Leto sympathetic in so many ways. And it's also at the heart of some of those scenes where he sees Paul sleeping on the table and doesn't disturb him. Or when he tells him, I need someone to say these things to, he trusts and loves Paul more than anything. Yeah. This line from Oscar Isaac, the delivery, the actual dialogue itself, hit me like a truck. Yeah. And I got quite emotional. I, I teared up at this line. Same. It's a trailer. And what is happening? It's a trailer. And I just got to say, for the folks out there who like haven't maybe had the best relationships with their fathers, right. hearing something like this, yeah, uh, straight to the gut, straight to the heart. Honestly, something I hope to repeat <laughs> to my kids in the future someday as I conduct a war of assassin against my <laughs> rival house. I was going to say... You tell them that you're like so <laughs> heartfelt. You're like, listen, my children. And they listen to you patiently. And then you finish talking and they go, dad, stop quoting Dune. <laughs> <laughs> never. You're like, never. And then you run out of Let's the room. Fuck like Let's fuck like demons. Uh, dad's in one of his moods. <laughs> <laughs> one of his Dune moods again. He keeps talking about some podcast he hosted with a friend of his 40 years ago. It will still be going, man. Weekly. <laughs> we'll Weekly still be going for 40 strong, years. Let's folks. go. <laughs> Episode 5,242, baby. What is Sappho Juice? <laughs> we finally talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be doing our 48-hour live breakdown of god emperor of dune at that point claire b part seven <laughs> <laughs> a love letter <laughs> part two okay back to the trailer what who <laughs> in addition to this incredible conversation between paul and leto we get some beautiful shots here as well we see the iconic again something we saw in the teaser trailer iconic shot of paul just booking it Right. And this is, of course, from that scene in the book where Paul and Jessica make that perilous journey across the basin and get up close and personal <laughs> with a spicy, thick desert boy. <laughs> Iconic scene. Incredible to see that worm realized on screen. Yeah. Oh, my God. That shot. Incredible stuff. Again, scale. The scale is incredible in this film. Now, we also get here the just the tiniest flash of Paul with his knife to Jameis's throat. If anything happens. It is possible that they're going to make this a little bit bloodier, a little bit more give and take in some of that violence before the final killing blow. Yeah, definitely. Got to play it up for the film. Right. Now, next we see a flash of a lone figure standing on a sand dune. Worm sign far in the distance. And this person is holding some maker hooks. Hell yeah. So cool. Uh. And the subsequent shot is then a close-up of Liette Kynes. And we see her blue eyes of the Ibad. And my assumption here is that that was Liette standing on the dune with those maker hooks. By the way, Sharon Duncan Brewster looking fucking dope as Liette Kynes. Yeah. Going on record oh to gosh. say... 
Hell yes. So yes. good. Next, we get a quick conversation between Leto and Jessica. Leto just, you know, confirming with his lover of 16 years and the mother of his son that she will protect him if anything happens. Right, right. And she says, yeah, dude, I yeah. will. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. God, this fucking guy. No idea. <laughs> if anything happens, will you protect Paul with my life? And that then cuts to a shot of her doing exactly that and just dunking on Stilgar, played by the incredible Javier Bardem, right. in that face-off we know will happen in the basin later in the desert. All right, next, the trailer continues to ramp up. The shots keep getting quicker, harder to talk about them. <laughs> but we get a couple of noteworthy ones. We see Leto with a bloody handprint presumably from Shout Out Mapes right. on his shirt moments before Dr. Yui's traitorous dart bypasses his shield and hits him. Yeah. We even see the shield flash as it's about to turn on and then instantly turn red as that dart hits him. Ugh. Really cool scene. That will be tragic to watch that play out on the screen. I'm not going to be okay after that. <laughs> yeah, I will scream. You know what, Abu? On behalf of all of the other members of that audience, I forgive you in advance, and I will join you in that blood-curdling scream. So, there you go. The next bombardment of shots. Just so mm -hmm. many. We're going to do them quick. We get Paul yes. yelling. We get Jessica crying. We get Duncan kicking ass because, you know. Fight like demons. Yeah, fight like fuck like demons. We get a ship exploding. They love to do that. We get... Oh, Cover your children's eyes. We get Paul and Chani kissing. Oh my God, is this movie rated PG-13? And then we get Paul turning <laughs> to Stilgar, which, by the way, good Lord, knowing the life that they have together in Dune, just them together at all is just chills, shivers. Papa, number two. Javier, Papa Bardem. Yeah. Ah, tingles down my spine at that shot. I agree. Yeah. Okay, let's round out this trailer. We're almost there. The next few shots are, again, electric. The music is swelling at this point. It's getting intense. We're about to hit that title card, folks. Only together can we stand a chance. So in this next shot, I did, I paused it. I went so slow and i want to emphasize here <laughs> when you first watch it you go oh look two big armies what a fun fight this is going to be if you stop it in the first couple of frames there are like a hundred sardaukar on the right hand of the screen and there's like 10 fremen on the left and you can picture the scene the sardaukar going oh this is going to be easy this is great the next frame has like 14 more Fremen emerging from the sand out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. More and more and more. By the end, it's this equal charge of Fremen and Sardaukar clashing. And this idea of these ambushing Fremen from the sand is so dope. And I was so mad that I missed it so many times watching the trailer. But it was really only when I was really going frame by frame that I appreciated how much they dedicated to this one shot. Now. It doesn't stay pulled out. It actually cuts in pretty close for some just 
dope acrobatics. We get some stunt yeah. actors earning that money, y'all. And then, <laughs> oh, with one of the most soul-stirring moments in this trailer, we get a golden-suited Fremen. Who could he be? A sandworm rearing in the distance, just mm. upturning sand and people alike, turns to camera after dispatching a starter car effortlessly, it looked like, to reveal none other than Paul fucking Wadeep Usul Atreides, complete oh my God. with the blue eyes of Ibad. So Denny! Good. You're doing it! Denny! How dare you be so good? <laughs> Okay, finally. Last couple of shots here of the trailer. Right. We get a close-up of Jessica saying, it's time. And then it cuts to a shot of Paul and Chani and some other Fremen standing behind them, bathed in a glowing white light, eyes of the Abad, full on, both of them blue glowing eyes, and Hans Zimmer's score swells up. And we cut to the title card. Dune, baby. Dune, baby. <laughs> We're getting there. Oh, my God. What an incredible trailer. Fun, action-packed, full of little nods to the book. Some new material that isn't in the book, but feels somehow even more appropriate than yes. other stuff. It's just great. But, you know, as we wrap up this episode, let's focus in. Abu, what was your favorite shot of the trailer you got to pick one you have to pick one i know it's what cruel. a horrible question how <laughs> dare you if only i was the one who came up with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wrote this question how dare me um what was my favorite shot of the trailer what got me most excited obviously all of it but I <laughs> the think whole one <laughs> <laughs> i think narrowing down the thing that just got me absolutely stoked was that shot of the Baron floating on the suspensors. So spooky, fully captures how incredibly daunting and powerful the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen is. I am completely confident that Stellan Skarsgård will give us the best Baron we've ever seen on screen. He's going to be spooky. He's going to be brilliant. He's going to be evil. He's going to be a genius. He's going to be everything we want from the Baron Harkonnen. And I feel like we saw that in just that one blink and you could miss it shot. Oh my gosh. Great point. What about you, Leo? What was the single frame in this trailer? <laughs> had you just floating off your seat, floating on your suspensors? Okay. I'm going to go against my own rule and I'll give you a runner up. <laughs> <laughs> The runner-up is Duncan Idaho saying no <laughs> to Paul. That scene is so fucking funny, and it's perfect yeah. in every way. And really, again, I've seen so many adaptations of movies where a scene feels weak, and you find out later it was the like director trying to go off book. The fact that one of my favorite moments in the trailer is something that is off book but still feels right. Amazing. It embodies what I... I'm so optimistic about this movie for. But my real answer has to be Oscar Isaac cutting in going, 
my son. What? Uh, like, uh, I, it's almost hard to describe. And, it, and I recognize, I recognize that this is because of my love of Duke Leto Atreides and my familiarity with the material. And this is not going to be something that reaches the average audience member the same way. But already this version of Duke Leto Atreides is masterfully done. That moment yeah. was heart-wrenching. And to even feel that level of emotion from a trailer, are you kidding me? It's my favorite. And I think that Paul and Duke Leto's relationship is much closer to the heart of Dune than many people will give it credit for. So having that moment be such an iconic moment in the trailer, uh, it wins my prize as most bestest, favoritest scene. <laughs> Incredible. I fully agree. I guess there's only one thing left to say then. Right. Let's fuck like Let's demons. Fuck like demons. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Gamont. We're going to fuck like demons. <laughs> oh my God, that's the tagline for Gamont. Well, friends, there is no real ending. It's just the place where you stop the recording. But this podcast is always one step beyond logic, so help spread the word of Muad'Dib and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to check out the other shows on the Lore Party Podcast Network on loreparty.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at lore underscore party. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, he who controls the podcast controls the universe. We'll see you on the Golden Path. In, in, in talking about this script, I cannot believe you texted me the words goopy butthole earlier. I mean, I will forever hold that against you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I might make this like a daily occurrence. Like maybe that's just how I greet you in the morning. <laughs> oh, Abu, who's texting you? It's a long story. <laughs> what, what did they say? Let's just get back to eating breakfast. It's fine. <laughs> you know, never mind. I don't, porridge was a bad choice. It's fine. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, back to the trailer. <laughs>